For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Well, we went to Britain races, it was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon We took the bus from Bamboros and she was heavy laden Away we went along Collingwood Street, that's on the road to Bladen Oh, me lads, you should have seen us cannon Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing All the lads and lasses there, always fire the faces Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 139. It's your host Greg Troxell and Newcastle United are unbeaten since COVID-19. And to join me to talk about a now mathematically safe and unbeaten post-COVID-19 Newcastle United, I am joined by the best damn coach in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are you doing? I'm unreal. Living a dream. I'm super stoked that our beloved Newcastle United is completely safe um, yet again from relegation for the third season in a row. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! That is where <laughs> the bar is. Yeah, just another, it's, another, another uh, successful year for Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, we, we did it. Success. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see what happens because we have like five matches to go and we can easily pass our point total from last season. Yep. Because um, our point total from last season was 45 points. Um, it, it also felt, I mean, maybe I'm bugging, but it felt like we were safer earlier last season. But um, maybe it, like maybe it's because the games are all smushed together now that I'm thinking that. Yeah. Because, like, it would have been, like, we were safe for, like, a month and a half left or five weeks left to go. But really, we're safe with, like, two weeks left to go. Three weeks, maybe. Yeah, it's like three. But, I mean, yeah, it's – there's context there. <laughs> mm. um, but Newcastle battled out a 2-2 draw that came from behind twice to, to tie the match and got another point. Uh, put West, West Ham, they have to be feeling the pressure now. Uh, they should have. Uh, I think draw's fair, but, uh, mm. I mean, if you're West Ham, you're furious that you didn't win that one. Uh, so great for us. Well, good for us for, for not losing. But uh, yeah, we just, I guess we move on now. We just move on to the next, what's it, four or five to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what, five to go. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I just <laughs> said there was five to go, and Greg just, he, he forgot that. But anyway, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Elijah. Happen. Yeah, at Elijah underscore news and follow me. Follow the main account at CHN underscore radio. Follow. At coming home in UFC for all the hottest news, all the greatest tweets from me and Andy, um, the goat. And uh, by the way, if you haven't listened to Graham's exclusive mm. interview with Super Mac, 100% recommend listening to it. Um, Graham is quite the interviewer; he does an excellent job, and there's some really cool stories told and all that good stuff. So be sure to do that. And I'll, as always, before every match, and like we'll talk, we'll preview the next match during this podcast. But be sure match day to wake up and read. Um, the wonderful match previews from Hoey the Stats, and then the match recaps that come out the next day um, from our very own Graham Bell. So 
that that's the the chn plugs for you yeah we got all the stuff for you all of it mm. uh so well, let's get into it let's get into west ham what happened on sunday uh first thing we'll always talk about is your three words um and as elijah said you know the vibes so after every match we ask you to put three words to describe the match comment on our tweet and you do it just flawlessly um so i'll read read some of these away the stats just got a got a shout out from elijah uh they you can follow them at hawaii underscore the underscore it's one guy oh it's a hawaii underscore the yeah we got to talk to him about that what do you mean like it's it's I don't know. Hawaii the stats is like the brand, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it is follow them, but it's really we know it's just this guy named Chris. Yeah, he's a good dude. Good dude. But yeah, uh, I guess he, I guess that makes sense. He said unbeaten in six. Don oh. at McAltra said disappointing second half. Joe Terry at Joseph underscore Terry said bad defensive lapses. Garfield Thelonious Remington the uh, third at Roscoe G Barrel. Says, I'll take it. Alex Passine, thanks for telling us how to say your name. Uh, torturous European possibilities. Jim Bob at James Mick 100 48418. LaSalle's is rubbish. And Doc Gibbs at Doc underscore Gibbs underscore NUFC says LaSalle's was poor. That gives us a little something to talk about, huh? We'll have to discuss a little bit more there. Mm. Uh, was there any other on the I didn't see on the main account. Um, I'm looking now. It, I I guess Andy got into some arguments with people because it is just oh. freaking. There's so many. Oh yeah, we have so some many more. tweets. Um, Will okay, Watson good. says, um, at Batman's Milkman says, still hate Bruce. Uh, Marco Pierre Witham, 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 um, at Witham Marco says, expected but poor. And okay, Johnny Russell Stan account. At Mag Osat P says we are safe. Former writer, by the way, whoever oh, that nice. is. Yeah, he linked like an article he wrote a long time ago. It was really cool. Like, I guess that was last week. I honestly, I think it was about Andy Carroll. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, shout out to us. Yeah, um, and to everyone who submitted three words. That was really cool of you guys to participate yeah really appreciate y'all doing that so uh going into a little bit more match stuff is we have our lineups it's always going to be interesting these lineups because it's so hard to predict and project what we're going to be doing but steve bruce gave a lot of hints for for what's going to happen on wednesday which we'll really get into for sure um i didn't see any of these hits so we're going to get into them oh yes no actually he basically told manchester city what's going on so uh, oh, yeah, good. Pretty nice. Um, so the starting lineup for Newcastle was Dubrovka, Kraft, Fernandez, Lascelles, Mankio, then Hayden, Shelby, Jolinton, Almiron, St. Gucci, and Dwight Gale. Uh, what's your thoughts on that initial lineup, Elijah? Um, it my first thought was this isn't that different than the lineup we saw, uh, I guess in the last match, um, that did work well. Uh, it was nice to see Almiron back in the side. Um, got nice to see Hayden back in the side as well. Uh, so I don't know, that was my first thoughts. I figured that Joel Linton would be playing out wide again, but like 
I wanted to believe that he would be playing uh, like as, as in a strike partnership with Dwight Gale, but alas, I was incorrect, and it's unfortunate that I was incorrect because um, it, he he does not look that great as a winger on occasion. Sometimes he looks good, yeah. but today was not one of those days. Yeah, I was also. To, I want to see Lazaro play more. I think we all do. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand what Steve. I think Steve Bruce. He likes Joel Linton a lot. Like, I think he really does like him a lot and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I don't know. It seems like it's kind of weird that Lazaro doesn't play, even though every single time he's played for us, he's looked really good. Yeah. Outside of the one time he got a red card because he was playing right back, and he's not a right back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let, let's uh, – is there any other thing? I thought it was pretty straightforward outside of that. That was my uh, – Yeah, no, everything else made sense. I mean, I was – it's – it was it was cool. I mean, it's fun having a team and then looking at the bench and being like, oh, we can actually bring some options off the bench. Like, as much as we're, like, talking about, oh, Lazaro, it, it sucks he's not playing more. But, like, that's – no offense to Yoshinori Muto, but that's a better option to come off the bench and provide a, a spark in the offense than, uh, than Yoshinori Muto or Jacob Murphy in the past where just, like, you would look at the bench and it was just depressing. Even Matt Ritchie being on the bench, that, I mean, that that's much better than it used to be. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, cool. So, so the match got started, uh, and it was Jolinton that was on the right. Uh, it was St. Maximin on the left, Almiron as a 10 behind Gale, and then Mankio as left back and Kraft as right back. And then it wasn't, wasn't much longer, was it? <laughs> it was a goal for West Ham. No. Uh, and this was brutal trash defending. That's the, yeah. in the nicest form. That's how I can describe that. So it was Antonio that laid it off to Fornals and he fed it to Bowen right behind Mankio. Mankio easily got beat. That's that was awful. That was I mean, the blame's on LaSalle's here, most people. I'm putting the fact that they even got the ball into play is hundred percent on Mankio. I mean he that yeah. was brutal. There's someone else who would agree with you. Uh what's his face? Mouth upon mouth on the mouth of the time. Whatever Bernie's new account yeah. is one of them he he tried to then go on a tirade about how Mankio. This is what happens when Mankio plays left back, and I was like, "Dude, you know he was brought in because he can play right back and left back." And he's like, "He's a right-footed player, so he's a right back." And I was like, "He's made like almost fifty appearances as a left back and exclusively played left back under Rafa." And then another guy chimed in, and was like, "He played an entire season at Marseille or left back," and Burnsy was like, "Oh, I stand corrected." So. <laughs> Long story short, Mankio didn't suck defending because he's a right back playing left back. He just made a mistake, yeah. which it happens. It, which, it, which it happens a lot with our fullbacks, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> our fullbacks are make the most mistakes out of anyone. Yeah. And I think in general, too, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, it's tough. It's a tough you're position. You're out on an island, play. yeah. Against uh, the fastest players in the world. So to, to complete the play, so it's Bowen's low cross – that was just completely missed by LaSalle's. And then um, Antonio put it in the net. Pretty pretty straightforward there. Uh, so it was one nothing yeah. West Ham. Well, any other thoughts there? Oh, it, it, we roasted the Sheffield defender for doing the dummy yeah. for uh, the in the Sheffield match where we won 3-0. And LaSalle's did the same thing. So uh, Parma, Parma. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> That's that's on us. Hand up. Yeah. Um, after this, it was there wasn't really any panic. I you know, one of the things that I've been impressed with, especially last week and this week, is we've still had a f- pretty good bit of possession in this one. Um, 
we were we were putting in chances uh and i know antonio had another chance like five six minutes later um but it was kind of just going back and forth a little bit and then i noticed um and I, i'll be transparent i did watch the first like 30 minutes of it um but i did rewatch it so there's my admission um so i did notice i noted here that saint maximin and jolinton switched sides of the of the pitch um yeah so i think it was due that like gucci basic wasn't touching the ball <laughs> and they were like okay let's switch switch sides then like let's get saint maximin the ball because that's also joe linton was getting absolutely locked down that was the um, other part <laughs> by their left back yeah he was get like almost played out of the match yep um and then immediately after that switch goal yeah goal almiron let's go wow. Uh, Please, let's never do that again. Yeah, well, Miguel got it because of the switch from tactical genius Steve Bruce, who switched St. Maximin on that side. And once again, he was heavily involved in this goal. And Jolinton centered it to Gale, who just in the nick of time spread it to St. Max. And then St. Max was like, oh, Kraft. Oh, well, first off, he digs in some defenders, starts crashing the net, gets Kraft some space, passes it back out, and then Kraft. Great ball. Great ball. Yeah. Delicious ball. And Miguel, Miguel kept running, just like Jolinton doesn't do. And you're just not going to get the laugh. Just puts it right into the net, Elijah. One to one. What do you think about that play? Um, it was delicious. And thank you, Kraft Mac and Cheese, for setting that up. It was cool. I mean, you got a laugh for me. To- like, like, come on. Oh, you want me to laugh? I mean, my joke is funny though. That's the oh, that's oh, the difference. Oh, you have to laugh at the funny ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Got it. So, I mean, I guess you didn't get the memo there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, Miguel is is not it. It. I. My ears died having to hear that. So, <laughs> and my tongue actually just fell out of my mouth saying that. But yeah, I mean, it was a well worked goal. Um. And and when you talk about like there was no kind of panic after West Ham scored because truth truth be told, like. Newcastle looked good. I would argue offensively, Newcastle looked good this whole match. There wasn't really a moment where I was like, oh, we're struggling to create. Yeah. No, like even when it seemed like there would they were in West Ham was at times because they they kind of were trying to figure out a strategy to to keep us from scoring and they would bunker down, sometimes they would press. And regardless of what they did, Newcastle was able to move the ball around swiftly. And one thing I noticed, um, and it kind of was a factor, but not as much as I thought it would be, was just like you looked at how Aston Villa played us and they tried to just man mark John Joe Shelby completely out of the match. And um, West Ham did the almost the exact opposite. And they tried to like, they tried to, you know, double and triple team Allen to Maxman, but it just doesn't work. Like you're better off trying to just man mark John Joe Shelby and take him out of the match. Because what ended up happening was like, they would send two guys towards <laughs> Allen St. Maxman. He would dribble through both of them. And now you've got people in loads of space. And it was it was cool to see. And they were just whipping the ball back and forth. It was Newcastle, Barcelona, Brucey, Barcelona ball all over again. Yeah. And it was, it was nice to see. And I, I never at once felt like we were going to lose the match because I knew that we were going to create enough chances to at least give ourselves a chance to draw or, or win the match. Yeah. Yeah, the, the big important thing for me is is Bruce made a made a change and it paid off immediately. Like that's that's what that's the difference maker, and he's making some good calls with this team. Maybe he just understands his team better than most, uh, but he's making some good calls. And the fact that he has players that have the skill set like Jolinton and St. Maximin that can switch, 
because that switch freed up Amron immediately. Like you tell there's a huge difference immediately once that switch is made. Uh, they were yep. able to outlet it to St. Maximin. And, and once if the problem, I guess, with, with Jolinton, who like when he's in this role, if he can control the ball and hold possession, that's going to free up Amron and St. Maximin, which is a huge threat for us. And if St. Maximin can hold, hold the ball, it's going to free up right Almiron and Jolinton. But Almiron, I mean, St. Maximin's also a threat himself, no matter how many defenders are on him. So it's like it's extremely important thing. That's why I want if if we do get the ball to Jolinton on the wing, whatever side, like I want him to hold it. I want him to control it and make a move, and maybe dri- try to dribble at someone, and and give those two a chance to get into the box and make that dangerous run. They're faster than most, so. Um, he tried to dribble at people today. He just kept falling. Yeah, yeah. The guy is grass. I mean, grass, I mean, grass yeah. is hard to run on. So yeah, it's it's tough for him. It's different um, from and from going. It's you know, it's really hard going from Brazil grass to German grass to England grass. It just they they maintain it a little bit. Different yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm a England Joel grass is more of a fish and chips type of grass. So yeah, yeah. I will. I, I, as you know, I'm a Joel Linton guy. I, I like him. He's a good lad. I'm, I'm happy when he scores. I think that he could be a good player. But I'm also going to admit that uh, he falls a lot. That's, uh, that's my hot Joel Linton yeah. take. I know it's no one saying it on Twitter, so I'll say <laughs> it here. Um, then, then, so after this goal, it was, it was, it was definitely a Saint Maximin show. He absolutely burned Declan Rice. That was fun. Um, Dubrovka made a great save uh, from Jared Bowen. That, that kept it level. Um, Hayden, a couple great plays, great tackles. Um, mm-hmm. One of those, those sliding tackles that he like does from time to time. That's awesome. Uh, Hayden, another great performance from him. Um, what else? Uh, okay, I'll got a yellow card. I definitely should have. Yes. <laughs> um, no, it BS. Oh, you thought it was? I thought it was BS that – okay, I didn't think it was BS he got a yellow card. Was, I thought it was he BS. He was the only one that got a yellow card. Yeah, like it was absurd. Yeah, like yeah. It, And it was, his, it was also literally his only tackle and first tackle of the match. It's like – Yeah, but it was late and, everyone else is and getting pretty bored. high too. Agbana or whatever, like literally beat the living crap out of Miguel Almiron and Alan St. Maximin back-to-back, and he didn't even get a warning. So. Yeah. That, I mean, but that was later on, and who cares? No, yeah, there I was a was lot hilarious. of that, there, and we can definitely talk talk about that. There was the refereeing was was pretty poor from decision making. I thought. Um, yeah, was it Phil Pawson or Chris Pawson or something? I don't something a weird name. Uh, That's the yeah, ref I can look it up here. But oh uh, no, is oh that was Var, is Simon Hooper? Oh, Craig Pawson. You're right. Yeah, uh, but a ter- more like Craig Pog son. Hmm. Okay, uh, 43rd minute was our first sub, and this is something to watch with, with all these matches in short succession. Um, Hayden went down injured, and he came off for Bentaleb. So um, right at halftime, too, Almiron went down, and St. Maximin was also down. So there was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. Um, but we went to the half. It was 1-1. It was probably fair. I mean, both teams had some good ch- chances. It was – um, obviously we had that terrible start kind of with, with the defensive errors, but overall it was like, I thought it was a pretty good first half like to watch. And so I think Newcastle played pretty well. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree. I mean, like I said, it, it, it felt, it did feel 
as like this is two mid table sides, maybe West Ham is overperforming, but I feel at this point, like if I were a betting man, I'd say they were one of the safer teams at the bottom of the table, but it, it honestly felt like a typical mid table match, like a, a, before Wolves got good, like a Wolves-Newcastle match of like two years ago where it was like, all right, it's kind of open. Both teams are kind of going for it. And, I've yeah, a 1-1 result in the beginning, in the first half is definitely deserved. Yeah. Um, and it was it, – the stats were interesting. Like it was kind of split. Like Newcastle had way more passes completed, better pass completion percentage, more possession. Ooh, but they me. had less shots. Huh? Talk to me. Yeah, they had less shots on target, less shots in general. West Ham was just fizzing them in on the counter, and it was so it was perfect. So I have to hand it to both managers here, both managers who are uh, who um, are kind of forgotten because they're both uh, English managers that aren't like that great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so second half started, and I could almost well it immediately was was bad. I thought, um, and it was slower, and it was a lot tougher for things to get going. Um, and I could also tell, like you can tell when, so I thought Newcastle had some pretty good build-up play in the second half, but you could tell there was really no interest to put in any late bursting run effort in the final third. And that's kind of why the second half played out the way it did, I think for both teams. I mean, it's being tired is actually an excuse right now. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's fair. Um, but not for West Ham, though. They haven't played in, like, a week. They haven't? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure, like, that was something Bruce was talking about before. was, like, oh, Newcastle. Uh, yeah, they, they like, I'm pretty sure West Ham, like, didn't. They played, like, I want to say, like, last Monday or something like that. I'm checking right now to see, because that's also crazy how that, that works. Uh, We're no, going to have a match played, like that. No, no, they beat Chelsea last Wednesday. Oh, well, I'm skied then. Yeah. Oh, it was the it was the – it was the week before that they lost the Spurs, and then eight days later they beat Chelsea. And then, oh well, yeah, yeah. I remember Steve Bruce was making some complaint about how they had all this rest, and I was yeah. like, okay, cool, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was again Almiron, Saint Maximin, Jolinton. They they were making a they were they had some great build up play, but it was just like nothing. There was just not enough energy to get it to get that final final product done and then West Ham scored and I thought I thought that this is it I, I really did um they were kind of sloppy Newcastle again here um and Dude, kind of was... put this on LaSalle's as well um but I mean I put this on on LaSalle's but also just like there were six Newcastle players like standing directly in front yeah. of the goal like I don't it was, I just, it was lazy it's it was, lazy. it was it was a peak like FIFA set piece goal where you're just like <laughs> How does this even go in? There's like eight defenders in the box, yeah. and this somehow sneaks through all of them. Right. But yeah, if you want to, I guess Lascelles isn't the one who you should blame then. Yeah, well, like I mean, he was just didn't. Well, I guess you can put it everywhere on any of those guys, but he was the closest who didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was it was Rice at the back post um, from a corner header onto the bar, and then Susek. Uh, he blasts the rebound off the bar to score. One yeah. West Ham. It was And I'll say this when you're talking about just like that lack of energy and stuff, is one of the reasons why I think a lot of people wanted to see like Lazaro. ironically, Dwight well well yes, Lazaro, but specifically Dwight Gale and Joel Linton to come off because I mean 
Joe Linton just looked gassed. He kept falling all over the place again. And Dwight Gale, like, literally was, I would argue, since he had his moment in the beginning of the match, and then he had his moment when he we're about to talk about. But other than that, he was, like, just non-existent. Like, really, like, you saw everyone. I mean, it may, it maybe it's just the fact that, like, we're more focused on the runs of Miggy and et cetera, et cetera. But when you see all the chances Newcastle were creating, it didn't seem like Gale was really – involved or in the box i mean he was dropping deep to help play make and stuff but yeah. it just seemed like he was just also just not a factor and you needed to change something up top um but you know you know but all oh and before you get to the, the other thing i think one thing i noticed coming out of the second half was joel linton was definitely um kind of i wouldn't say forced to stay on the wing but it seemed like miguel Amarone and asm had just complete freedom because they were just like all over the place like there were moments where like both would be on the same wing. Yeah, like, yeah. ASM would be in the middle, and Almore would drip out wide. And it, it was very interesting to see. I mean, I, I honestly like it. I like that two attacking – because they're both creative and dynamic enough yeah. to recognize all the different pockets of space and things like that. I don't think Joel Lent is quite there yet, but it would be insane. I mean, I think a front three of them, like – well, a attacking midfield three of them and Lazaro would be insane to watch because they both have those similar qualities. All of them have those qualities. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, then it wasn't even a minute later. It was directly after kickoff. Uh, and when Newcastle attacked, Shelby and Gale, they had a one-two. Um, they Gale's played on and Shelby finished. Like, I mean, it was good goal. It was terrible defending for West Ham. West Ham was – completely distracted and it's simply just lazy and like uninterested to like get back into the game that quickly. <laughs> so Newcastle just yeah. took advantage. And like the funny part is like no one else was to ha- attacking. It was literally just Shelby and Kale. Like, yeah, that was everyone it. else was like, ah, we'll, you know, we'll see how this plays out. <laughs> and then they just score like, uh, like Newcastle even gave up on the play. So it was, it was really funny. It was great goal. And, it looked like Gale was off sides, but um, who was running? Oh, was it Kraft? Yeah, Kraft, it was Kraft who made a run down that right wing. Yeah, and it's so Kraft, Kraft who made the Kraft made the. So there was another player. Kraft made the run down the right wing and brought that whoever it was, Pablo Fornals, oh. who was screaming, who was screaming that that Gale was offside, and he's like literally the player that yeah. kept Gale onside, and he was like, this is this is one of those. Maybe Cam should never defend type thing because there's no reason he should. But again, it's lazy from West Ham because he shouldn't be tracking the run of a right back off of kickoff. But yet he was. And he, of course, was not lined up with the back line. He was like four yards behind the back line and leaving Gale on side. Yeah. And uh, just late, Gale lays it off for Shelby, who just whacks it home. Yep. Uh, yeah, so so it's a huge goal for Newcastle. And like, you know, I, I said that when we went down to one, I thought it was over. I, just because there wasn't like much else we were offering, um, and we've seen this too many times for Newcastle. But we get it right back, so I'm I'm like, oh, we could win this now. <laughs> and uh, we immediately make some subs. Uh, Gail came off, Richie came on, and and Joel, that put Jolinton up top and Richie on the left wing. And then Lazaro came on um, for Saint Maximin, and they put Lazaro on the right wing. Um, and I think Newcastle got better. They started they, – they're still, like, it was still slow. It was still kind of sloppy. But, like, we were just – we weren't really trying to get it into the final third. We were like, let's get it close and shoot. See if we can get one. Bentaleb tried – Everyone was taking shots from distance. Yeah. You forgot to mention uh, when – I guess this has happened a while ago, but Hayden went off injured in the first half. Yeah. 
and Ben's love came on. Yeah, I mentioned I feel that. Like that wasn't mentioned. Oh, I just I he was good. Yeah, he's one of those players who just took a shot from. Like, yeah, yeah, he. That's a that's one I was uh, like thinking of is uh, that like twenty some yarder that he just peppered. Um, I, I liked him taking that shot, honestly. Uh, I mean, that's like half his goals exactly. Shot, it was like that or a pen, yeah, <laughs> or free kick. Yeah, so he, yeah, he Bentaleb had another great day. Hate, I mean, we there's a lot of midfield and up <laughs> to the attack. Had a good day, defense. That's about and. Shout out Emil Kraft, two for two here. I'm about to say, I I would honestly, it's it's really bad of me to say this, but like, there's only really one guy who is pretty awful because Minkia had the one mistake, but other than that, Minkia was good. Kraft was pretty good. Fernandez had a lot of clearances. Kind of leaves one guy who was just uh, was not one. great. Tough one for him. It was a tough one for him, but again. I don't know if you can completely blame the second goal on Jamal itself. I agree. Or really the first one, but just you don't want to be a big part of both goals scored. Yeah. That's not not <laughs> and ideal. not be the goal scorer. Not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we had Andy, Andy Carroll came on, which would have been glorious if he scored the winner against West Ham. Um, he replaced Jolinton. And then um there was a couple chances after this from West Ham. Um Susak had a had a header that Dubrovka saved. Um, uh, Yarmolenko had a good shot that Dubrovka saved shortly. This is like 80th minutes, but like nothing outside of that was really threatening. Um, and, then, and then I'd say past the 80th minute, Newcastle was like, we'll play for the draw. Yeah. Yeah. We gave up at this point. And Fernandez <laughs> make, made a pretty great play, a last ditch like header. Yeah. And this is in the 90th minute. Um to clear across that was in the box and that that was pretty much the last chance we had four minutes added and, and that was it newcastle got a 2-2 draw it was fair result i think yeah um, I thought it was and we we did look a little lethargic for at least half the match but we got a point out of it and and looking lethargic i don't, I don't think we can blame anyone for that right now so what's yeah. your thoughts on on how everything went there yeah, I mean, again, I think it was just really encouraging to see uh, Newcastle stringing together passes. Yep. I, mean, I mean, you you can you can look. I mean, that's been a, a theme of the of the restart. Outside of the Man City game, it, it does seem like the the team under this, and even before the restart, you could say the team under the four back formation. There just seems to be um, a newfound confidence um, with the team that it's like they've almost been reminded that they are professional footballers in the Premier League, and that they're there for a reason. Like you are. I mean, if you're in the Premier League, um, you're you're one of the best, you know, 300 players in the world or something like that. Well, okay, maybe 500. I don't I don't actually have a good idea of scale, but you're you're a, a really really good player, and um, I think that that's something that honestly has been lost on the team. And I don't know if it's anyone's fault, but like when you play tactics and you're getting like I would say negative tactics in quotes and you're getting bashed by the press and by fans for not going forward enough when you know that you have the ability to and you've shown that you have in the past like I think that formation change that allows them to have that freedom has just done wonders for a lot of guys I mean Shelby is looking like the John Joe Shelby that two years ago people were clamoring needed to be in the England squad he's been unreal since the restart um, Miguel Amaron of course has been unreal as well looking like almost shades of his Atlanta United self. I mean, and Alan Maxman has been insane. But these are all players we knew were good. They just weren't being showcased. And so now they have that confidence to showcase their abilities. I mean, it just seems like Newcastle are just more of a threatening side. It's fun to, it's fun to watch. I mean, 
I'm, I'm happy about it. And shout out to Steve Bruce for, I guess, getting the best out of these young men. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's uh, actually, let's take a break. Yeah. And then way. we'll, we'll do some quotes and stats and, and, and finish oh. up this wonderful recap. So let's take a break right now. Oh, they do it. For Newcastle fans everywhere. This is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, so we have some quotes, and it was Stevie Bruce here. He said, I was happy with the result in the end after going behind twice. Not many teams have done that since the lockdown. We're disappointed with the start, but the response from the team was good. They've shown their resilience. I think that's 10 goals in four games, which is pleasing. Unfortunately, we've gifted them the first one and they scored from a set piece, which is disappointing. I think they enjoyed playing in the system we're using at the minute. Yes, we've had off days, but the resilience of them all season, they certainly have had pride about their work, which is always a good thing to have in your locker and all credit to them. We always want to win. We're trying to do and achieve is keep the ball better, but keep playing forward if we can. Uh, He did say also, a little later. Unfortunately, I don't think I could ask Allen to go again on Wednesday. That's for sure. Our two arguably fittest players in Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden have both got hamstring injuries. They're not serious, but it's two to three weeks, which probably rules them out. That's a, that's a key. Um, the last thing I want to say is um, he mentioned about John Joe Shelby. He said, if anybody has bought into what we require, it's John Joe. He's always been blessed with wonderful football ability but we've worked tirelessly on his physical aspects. That's down to him. The stuff he does has all been good. He's tried like anything to make it happen. I agree. I mean, it it seems like Shelby's playing the full 90. He's tracking back. There was a moment in the 85th minute where Shelby – it was about the 85th minute. I wrote down like 85th or 84th where there was a moment where he was – he had been a part of the attack, was in our final third. We lost the ball. He tracks back all the way to the right-hand side to close down a defender and then tracks all the way back across to the middle of the pitch to go, like, pick up and, and, and mark a guy making a run. It was like, I don't ever remember seeing John Joe Shelby putting this much effort into defense, especially this late into a match that, honestly, we'd already kind of seen what the conclusion of the match was going to be. So I have to hand it to him. I think that's, that's spot on. Uh Shout out to John Joe. Again, I hope that this is some sort of new resurgence for him and that he just is continues to be a beast. I'd love to see that. Yeah, that would be really awesome. Um, let's go to stats now. Elijah. Uh, interesting one. Yeah. Okay. Um, with five games to play, we've reached 35 goals, which means one more goal will make sure that we don't have the lowest amount of goals ever scored in the top flight for Newcastle United. One goal away from that, oh, that's that achievement. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, we did thirty-five was in nineteen ninety-seven, ninety-eight season. Um, that was our lowest goals ever. Oh, um, with we we have two home matches left. Uh, we've lost just three of them of this season. Pretty good. That's good. Yeah, uh, we lost one zero to Arsenal, two to one Everton, and three zero to Leicester. But we've only won six of them, which is the lowest we've had since two thousand ten. Uh, which is we've had eight draws. Um, we also reached eight draws in 2010. <laughs> um, Miguel Amaron, mm. four goals this season, eight in all comps. Um, he has more goals this season for Newcastle United 
than Johan Kabai and Ben Arfa ever did for Newcastle United. Wow. He's also got two and two. Context there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's two and two. Um, there is context, obviously, Johan and Ben Arfa. Not saying they're not terrible players. And obviously, we know what happened with Ben Arfa many times. But just saying, pretty incredible considering what happened at the start of this season and that goal drought. Last season, yeah. no, neither Kabai or Ben Arfa has scored as many goals as Amaron has. I think I saw a stat that was like Miguel Amaron has scored two goals in two matches, and it took him 40 matches to, to score. score his first two goals. Yeah. Which I don't know if you're going to say that. Uh, I yeah. That. I, I wasn't, but I did see that. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, mm-hmm. The other one, last um, like match stat for this one for me is um, it's John Joe scored his sixth goal of the season, which has all been in the Premier League. Um, that is, that's his best seasonal goal mark for Newcastle, including the five that he scored in the championship season. Oh, shout out to John. Yeah. And he's not even taking like set pieces like he was in the championship yeah. season. Yeah. Also, we need to talk Dwight Gale. Like I, I don't, I, I don't know. He had a set piece. I mean, I guess it could have worked, tough. but like it, like it was the right idea, I guess. It just, but I also like where where are the days of the guys who just curl in free kicks from that position, yeah, like, or at least try to, and not a Sean Longstaff attempt where it just flies over the bar, like not even looking like it's going to curl. Yeah. Um. All right. Here's my my couple stats. One, I just did the math in like by myself, so I'm just like it could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's right. So. Track it with me. Newcastle have scored 10 goals since the restart, which, by the way, feel like that's not being talked about at all. 10 goals is a lot for Newcastle, especially when you consider it took them, like, if you added up the goals that Newcastle scored in their last 15 Premier League matches before the restart, it would be nine goals. So it took us from November 30th after Man City until, I guess, now to score (laughs) – well, until, until March to score 10 goals, and we've done that in the In span. four games. Yeah. Yeah. So, shout out to Newcastle for that. Um, another one, which is interesting, I guess will be really my last one, is that Steve Bruce still is winless against David Moyes since 2008. I, I know this is something that everyone was tracking beforehand. The, the classic rivalry, Steve Bruce versus David Moyes, 18 encounters uh, with, you know, Seven well now nineteen seven draws, ten losses and two wins for Steve Bruce. He finally well I guess the streak continues. He hasn't he hasn't beaten them and so the last time they won against them was he was managing Wigan at the time. Mm. I don't know how Steve, I didn't even remember Steve Bruce managing Wigan, but in two thousand eight he managed Wigan and they beat David Moyes' Everton side one nothing. So we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Uh, we'll go to some expected stats and X stats. Uh, Elijah, who do you think had the highest expected goals for Newcastle? Mm. Probably Miguel Amaron. You're right. Yeah, 0.87. He ended up with one. So pretty, pretty good there. Um, do you know who had the most expected assists? Oh, uh, probably on St. Maxman. No. He was oh. fourth. At 0.02. <laughs> wow. So is John Joe. John Joe was third at 0.19. So it's Dwight Gale. Second at 0.48. Uh, Miguel Amaro. No, zero. 
zero expected. Emil Kraft? Yes, like, uh, 0.7, Emil Kraft. He was uh, – someone mentioned this. He does look way more comfortable as a right back than a right wing back. Almost like – this is a classic Newcastle scouting. You scouted a right back who plays right back and, like, has only played right back in his career, and it turns out when you play him at right wing back, he's a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Wild. Almost like when you sign a cam and then you're like, oh, let me play the central attacking midfield player at left wing or right wing, and then, like, it doesn't work. And then when you play him at cam, it's like, oh, wow, this player now has two goals in two games and has been really good. Same with the Millcraft, except for with – being a right back yeah. and having an assist. So shout out to him. Yep. Shout out. I don't know. I, I mean, that's just, that's just my, my, I'm, I'm just a commoner. I'm not, I don't run a premier league club. That's just my, <laughs> my commoner thoughts. There you go. Uh, some other expected stats. So West Ham won the expected goals. They had 2.03. We had 1.49. Um, so chances West Ham had 51% of them. Um, they had 17 shots to our 11. They had seven on target to our four. Um, we PPTA was pretty even there. And expected points, uh, West Ham was expected to get 1.79 points. We were expected to get 0.95. So basically saying nobody had, was a clear winner. Like West Ham mm-hmm. played better, but um, should have been a draw probably is, is what expected stats are saying. So we go to 538. 538 tells where everybody's going to finish. They have still Norwich finishing in last, then Bournemouth and Villa. And then Old Newcastle going in 12th place at 47 points. Um, Tied with Crystal Palace, but winning on goal difference. That's where they think we'll end up. Uh, That we still have a, we have a 0% chance of getting relegated. Congrats to us. And we have a 5% chance of a top 10 finish. And still one uh, less than a 1% chance of making the Champions League still. Just letting everyone know. Hey. <laughs> Before we finish up with this, there was a moment where the commentator said, like, oh, Newcastle, not that far off from a potential European football spot. And I'm like, yes, technically you're correct. But these guys just clearly had none to research. I mean, they were yeah, I mean, very it's, biased. It's assuming everyone else loses and we win. <laughs> yeah. And also they were just like, huh, as expected, Newcastle with 60% of possession. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's not as expected to anyone. No. Uh, not even the Newcastle players. They were confused to what to do. We were like, oh, oh well, it's possession. What's happening here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they weren't the best. And we, you can see all of our tweets about how brutal they were in terms of just their bias. But, I mean, that's they don't really affect the match. So, it's not that big of a deal. No, no, no. All right. Uh, let's go to – well, I think we both have who our worst player is. Uh, sorry, LaSalle's, but it's true. Uh, yeah, he's not great. Uh, who is your best player? Oh, man. Um, oof, this is a tough one. Uh, I think I will go John Joe here. Oh, you got mine. Okay. No, no, that's yours. That's yours. I know it. This happens every single time. Well, not every single time, but it happens fairly often. Um, John Joe was just really good. I mean, he he, like I mentioned earlier, he was working hard in defense. Um, and him having space to spray balls all over the pitch was just nice. And I mean, it was shades of of England. 2018 get John Joe to Russia uh like peak John Joe 
mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I can't speak there, but yeah, I mean, he he was good. Uh, Greg, anything to add to the John Joe? But since I know you also had John Joe, oh uh, no, I mean, you you pretty much nailed it. Like he, he's he was controlling. He, I mean, he he was yeah. Like you, I probably said it perfectly. It was like typical John Joe performance for him. Um, even if he didn't get the goal, it would have been a great performance. So uh, I think that was the the clear one for me. Uh, I know. So I'll pick just another player. I'm going to pick Almiron. Uh, he mm-hmm. threatening the whole time, whole match, and got his goal. Um, so that's a shout there. But for who scored, they have four Newcastle players that got a seven or above. Um, those four are Mel- Emil Kraft. No. Oh. He did not get above a seven. Um, it was Miguel Amaran, Dwight Gale, John Joe Shelby, and Martin Dubrovka. But that's weird. I've never seen a keeper let in two goals and get. I mean, but to be fair, he also faced seventeen shots. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, so, dude, that's wild. That's some FIFA. I wonder how many saves he had. Those FIFA type numbers. He had five uh, saves. So, oh yeah, that's, that's solid. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and arguably, neither one of those goals is really his fault. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. You got anything else here? Um, no. All right. Well, let's take a break. Then we're going to preview our match against Manchester City, who we know pretty well at this point. Um, mm. So let's take a break, and we'll do that. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right. We're playing City again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> Uh, so honestly, Greg, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even realize that we were previewing Manchester city. Like I just like, you know, it was, I guess it was just one of those where I knew that we were playing them soon, but it was just like, oh yeah, we'll worry about it when we get there. And then uh, yep, it snuck up on you. <laughs> it, there it is. It it's just, here. It's, yeah. We're playing them. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's how all of this feels kind of right. <laughs> like it all just feels w- weirdly like, oh, we're doing this again. Yeah. Um, so quickly too. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we're playing City. City's doing really well. <laughs> um, they're probably the best team since the restart, and they just behind Newcastle, of course. <laughs> um, no, they've won all their matches. We have drawn some. Yeah, but their expectation was to win. Our expectation was to roll over and get like absolutely dumped on by a ton of teams. Mm. Well, actually, not according to me and Greg. We actually picked us to. Like do fairly well after the restart. But anyway, anyway, as you were saying, Man City, we're playing them, and uh, that that's that's it. Yeah, that's the preview. Yeah, so the so we'll talk lineups first, or what to expect. So Steve Bruce gave a little hint there. So it looks like no Alan St. Maximin. Um, it looks like no Isaac Hayden, and it looks like no Sean Longstaff. So knowing that, what do you think? How, who's who replaces those three? I think it's going to be a Hayden Shelby midfield. No, um, I th- said. Sorry, I meant to say oh, I'm oh. I literally was picturing Bentaleb in my head, and I said, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> wow, I'm racist." Um, but anyway, uh, so Bentaleb definitely Bentaleb, it 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 works. I mean, we've seen it in action. Um, he's been able to slot in, and he's been able. He actually is now. It's almost like this match in particular. I guess I should have shouted him out. 
um, this past match in particular, you saw the the Bentaleb that we saw in all the highlights, where he had a couple of the cheeky little flicks. He had the the scoop passes. He was he was feeling himself, and he was very tidy with the ball. Honestly, a really good compliment to Shelby, um, especially if Shelby is going to actually work um, and and defend. So I, I like I like that partnership. Um, and to replace St. Maxman, if Lazaro doesn't get the start, we have to riot. I think. Not <laughs> um, just I, I, I don't know. Um, and then I would imagine maybe Dwight Gale starts, but I could also see Andy Carroll starting. I mean, I really do want Andy Carroll to to get his 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 shot at a at um at getting a Premier League goal. And I would imagine the way that we're going to line up and play against Man City, we're going to try to do the long ball thing again. And so you're going to want Andy Carroll up top. Um, yeah. So. That that's what I've got, what got. Yeah, as far as changes. Yeah, I mean, you could see some rotation at the back, but there's no reason to. I feel bad for DeAndre Yedlin because I think this has been a signal of his time being done here, which is really sad because I like him and he's American. Yeah, and he's black. So yeah, shout out to us. Yeah, I I it's it's gonna suck, but the writing seems on the wall there. Uh, he's gonna be great in Bundesliga, by the way. You think that's where he's going? Yeah. He's like 27. Yeah. Rain. I could see him going to a mid-table Bundesliga side. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, mind him at Stuttgart, you feel? Yeah. I I, I don't see him going to leak. Uh. Oh, just real quick, random. Um, I heard uh, Stuttgart is interested in Reggie Cannon. Oh. So, yeah. So. This is now at a Mer- U.S. Men's National Team podcast. <laughs> yeah. I heard uh, so I heard Everton, Newcastle, and a handful of uh, Bundesliga teams are interested in Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney. Yeah, yeah. Free Weston McKinney. That's all I have to say. <laughs> free um, him and free Josh Sargent. Anyway, uh, Man City. Yeah, so so I, I'm with you there. I think Bentelev, Shelby, midfield, and I could see, like, just Matt Ritchie taking that spot. Um, so, oh, yeah. So, uh, But for, I want it to be Lazaro. Yeah, that would be that would be cool, but I, I'm just going to go with Ritchie because we don't get what we want. Um, let's talk about now what we would have to do to beat Man City. <laughs> which we've done before yeah i mean we have we we, we drew them this year yeah. i mean but now what do we do to beat them hit them on the counter i mean that's that's really uh, you know what let's let's be different you know why not newcastle haven't tried this so why not we we say like we i don't know andy has been on fire in terms of posting the stats about like the teams that end up beating man city like have like 30 percent possession but you know what why not let's just try to play attacking football see what happens like the worst that can happen is we get beat five nothing and guess what we're mathematically safe so who cares yeah and we're not trying to help the owner here because i know 12th pays more money than 13th so um yeah we don't really care about that mike and so like yeah that's the thing i was bummed about about the fa cup it's like Okay, you're down two nothing. Why are we bunkering still? Like, go for it. Just go for it. Like, yeah. it's FA Cup. If you lose five nothing, it's the same as losing one nothing. There's no goal. Difference. I bet say like at the end of the day, all that really shows up is that you lost, yeah. and everyone's like, no one's like, oh, they lost because of a penalty, and yeah. <laughs> Raheem Sterling cut inside and scored. Like, no, it, you, you you lost. It doesn't matter how much you lost. Yeah. Right? So the Premier League is a little different because that is a tiebreaker. But um, I know I think. But also, like, the justification beforehand was, like, you want to bunker against Man City because goal differential. That's going to be important in the relegation battle. But, like I said, we're already safe. So, it's like, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, maybe there's a slight difference in payout between 12th and 13th or 12th and 14th. But at the end of the day, it's not the same payout as 
being eighth, and we're not going to be eighth. Well, you never know. You never know. Yeah, you, you never know. Yeah, you know, I mean, the one thing is like, you know, it sucks that St. Maximin isn't playing, but like, you know, I, it, the way that Newcastle beats Man City is somebody becomes a hero. Somebody just has to step up and be a hero. That could be Almiron. Could be Shelby. Shelby scored against. Could be Valentino Lazaro. Yeah, like somebody needs to be that hero, and like I, we're gonna meal craft. We're gonna bunker. And it's just like when to shorten the match, like if we can somehow get to 60 minutes and it's zero, zero, we have a chance to win that. Um, oh yeah. And and that's what I want us to come out and like somebody step up and just make that, make it happen. Because guess what? Like Man City's tired too. Like everybody's tired. So it's just like this, that extra level. Like, and they'll be playing a rotated team too. I mean, and it's the same thing. In, I mean, let's look at the table. I think they're going to finish in second, right? I don't think anybody's yeah. close to them. So it's like, What's the – let me see here. Um, At this point, they're playing they're, for pride, and they've already, eight they've already made their statement. Eight points yeah. up on Leicester, um, nine points up on Chelsea. So it's, like, pretty comfortable. <laughs> um, so, like, what's their motivation? Yeah, it's, it's like, that's, that's how we would do it. Um, let's go to predictions. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, yeah, 3-0 loss. <laughs> <laughs> did all that to castle but i mean i, I honestly I, I see a lot of what happened um this past match where you just get players that are a little tired um and the the like keeping close results against man city works um when everyone's working extremely hard and like the way that a lot and what has been the difference for newcastle versus like other teams like norwich or whatever that bunker against uh, man city is that like those teams run out of steam and they don't do it for the full 90, but like Newcastle bunker down, they, they press and it will not press, but they like, they defend really well for the full 90. And I just don't see us being able to do that. Um, just this go around purely because of stamina. Now, if this was under normal circumstances, I'd give us a shot to draw because we drew against them this past, like this season in the reverse fixture, like we drew against them. I would give us a shot, but I mean, I just, I see how tired the team is. And and I also know that like confidence against City is not going to be great either. Um, given that they played woeful tactics um, against them and still lost. Um, so three 0 lost. But Greg, I will say this: if they like want to get, and I wouldn't say revenge, but if they like, if they're really feeling some type of way with how they played against uh, Man City in the FA Cup, yeah. it would be interesting to see if Steve Bruce is just like, you know what, you guys don't like bunkering down, f it play how you want and yeah. play how we've been playing and see like what happens. Like, I mean, I'd love to see that. I think that would be certainly entertaining. And it would also shut up the people that are like, Oh, we should just have a go at man city. And then it'll be like, all right, well we had a go at him. This is what happens. We lost five. Nothing. Like that. Now are you happy? Like we did it. Yeah. I'm going to do the same. And oh, as FA cup, we lose two Oh, so. Okay. That's fair. my two Oh. Um, Who do you think is going to be the, the first goal scorer? Mm, I guess we'll go with Sterling. I mean, he's Jesus for me. Okay, Jesus fluky goal. It's gonna be the first goal is gonna be stupid. It's gonna be one of those where Newcastle are gonna look. They're gonna be looking good until this first goal, where it's gonna be like a like a a deflection that lands at the feet of Jesus, yeah. who's like six yards out because he's just there. Yeah, I can see it. Um, so let's let's go. We'll we'll see. Ya. 
We'll see you on Wednesday, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, it'll be a fun one. Just uh, I, before we head out, is there anything that you wanted to, anything else to add, Elijah? Oh, Thanks. shout out to uh, the agents of uh, Alan St. Maxman and Miguel Amaron mm-hmm. just working really hard this past week. I got to, hey, we got to give them respect where respect's due. I've never seen Miguel Amaron linked to Atletico Madrid the same week he was linked to Real Madrid. I mean, hey, shout out to to – Diego Diego Campos, that's his agent's name. Shout out to him, do, just doing a good service. Yeah. And Alan St. Maxman, apparently every single team in the Premier League and League uh, and, Syria. and Syria, they all want him, every single one of them, even though he's he's been available for a while. But, uh, yeah, so shout out to them. You play well and uh, your agents do work. And shout out to – actually, also shout out to ASM's agent for negotiating a six-year deal and then um, reportedly being upset about how much his players getting paid in the deal that he negotiated literally a year ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Go, you should read Art of the Deal. Um, just three things for me. Shout out to Alan St. Maximin, who's nominated as Player of the Month for the Premier League. Uh, he was nominated alongside Connor Cody, Raul Jimenez, and um, Anthony Martial and Bruno Fernandez and Danny Ings. Yes. And then yeah. shout out to Steve Bruce. Yes. Who is nominated as <laughs> contender for June's manager of the month, along with Frank I, Lampard. I hope he wins. Frank Lampard, Ole, Ole Gunner, Solskar, Solskar, and um, Nuno Espirito Santos. Santo. Mind you, this is this is uh, um, an award. Like this is not even for Newcastle's really good display against like uh, who is that? We just beat four one. Uh, I remember. Chef, no, we beat them three nothing. How no, are we, we forgetting beat, the match? We beat them. Yes, we beat, we beat them four one. Sheffield. No, we didn't, dude. We Sheffield was the first game we played out of the restart. We beat them three nil. Oh, then I'm confused. Then. Yeah, you are confused. It's okay, man. Um, it happens to the best of us. Uh, it's it's a serious issue. In, oh, Bournemouth. 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 Yeah, Whatever. that was same same colors. Yeah. But anyway, that doesn't even include that match because it's like the previous month and that was July 1st. Yeah. So it, it includes a draw against Aston Villa and beating a shorthanded Sheffield. Uh, so if Steve Bruce wins this, make him the manager next season. Upset of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple other I shout mean, outs. Uh, shout out to Mark Gillespie coming yeah. back to the tune. Uh, yeah. He signed a three-year deal goalie from uh, Motherwell. And then also shout out to Oisin McKenty, born in New York city, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan Barrett and Jack Young, they've all signed deals. And it's also rumored that Adam Wilson has also extended. And then my last shout out. Okay. Goes to Akraf Lazar. Oh. He played nine minutes. Hey, progress. Yes. Match. Came on in the 81st minute, um, had eight touches. So, uh, really, really good performance by him. Is he a free agent after this? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I um, hope he is. Other oh, other oh. loanees, Freddie Woodman. Um, oh. he he got the win, beating Sheffield Wednesday two to one. And Jacob He's Murphy definitely not going to be here next year. Jacob That's Murphy also started in that match and got oh. an assist. Only oh. goal. Um, that is your Newcastle loan update. And that's all I got. Yeah, uh, Chola Amio be doing a great job as a loan manager. <laughs> yeah. Remember when that happened? That was it felt like ages ago. Yeah, when he it's was like loan manager. I feel like it was like almost a year ago. 
<laughs> at this point. Yeah. yeah. All right. That was a joke. Um, let's let's close this one out. That do, anything else? Let's let's get three yeah. points. That that concludes episode one thirty nine of CHN Radio. I'm your host Greg Troxel. That's the best damn coach in the land, Elijah Newsom. That's the best song in the land. Coming home, Newcastle. We'll see you on. Well, you'll hear our voices on Thursday morning. But let's get three points and away the last. Love you. I may as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the club again I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody. To live in Jody land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before and I love the Geordie heroes There's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark in St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound. And me mother seeing hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown.